Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Like I said, I think we sound good, but if we don't sound good, then we'll make ourselves sound good. That sounds Oof. good. <laughs> Hey, hey, I see what you did there. You know what I mean? I ain't even going to go there. I see exactly what you did there, and I kind of like it. I didn't even rehearse it in the mirror. I know. Yeah, but that's the that's the kind of chemistry we have right here going on. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to rehearse any of this, man. This is on Georgia and Uncle Gray. <laughs> yeah, we should change the name of the show to on, on Jojo and Uncle Gray talk about stuff. Yeah, that work. Yeah? yeah? No? Yeah, I don't know, though. I think I, th- I think we get little kids, and they'd be horrified by all the poor little words. Ah, that's true. They'd have to be explaining. We'd yeah. have to be explaining ourselves to mommies and daddies. Oh, yeah? How dare you call your show like this? Do you know that my kid loves you? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's effing here and shit here. And, you know, and one of them is even catching an accent. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that happening. <laughs> yes, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, you I, I read um, not too long ago that um, U.S. parents were sort of freaking out with their kids watching Peppa Pig. Yeah, <laughs> I heard about that too. I'm like, wow, seriously? I know. Wow. <laughs> they were catching a little English accent. Wow. <laughs> But that, that happens like, it's like cyclical because then it happened... With Dora a yes. few years ago, yes. when we were learning Spanish. Yes, how dare, how dare yeah. you know a few Spanish words? Yeah, My God. bilingual. What are you? <laughs> Remember, a few years ago, I was coaching a little 10, under 10 club of soccer. And I had, you know, a group of mixed kids. And, you know, I would speak Spanish. Like, I, would, I would shout instructions in Spanish. And I had this little white kid. One of those blonde little southern kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Maha, sube, venga. Said, Coach, what are you saying? <laughs> Te dije que suba. Said, I don't speak Mexican. <laughs> oh, I'm like, okay, I know. My bad. <laughs> you know, oh, since it was a kid, you know, I know that everybody kind of like cringed, but I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's all good. You know. yeah. <laughs> I was younger than 10 years old, so I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> um, so <laughs> He could have said something much worse. Of course. <laughs> Thank God the only thing his parents say around the house was <laughs> Mexicans. <laughs> well, all right, then let's start this bloody thing. What do you think? That sounds good. Let's ah, we've got a great week, so let's do it. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming. Here I am, and here is Jocelyn. Ah! When I said I'm. I think you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Graham. And of course, yes, with me, 
the benevolent, <laughs> the magnificent uh, Jojo, also known as Jocelyn Podcast. AKA. AKA. <laughs> Today we have a good show for you, and I know I say that every week, but mm-hmm. damn it. Every week we have a good show. We've never failed you, have we? Yeah. <laughs> We're not fucking liars, man. No, hell no. We've got a fantastic show to you for you uh, this week because, as we mentioned last week, we are today talking about Pose. Yes. A fantastic little show that FX has on. And um, I don't know, man. This is one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Yes. And I and I hate to use this word because I think it's a turn off for some folks, but hopefully not our listeners. It's educational as well. Oh, yeah. As uh, I, I learned a lot watching this. Yes, yes. And if you are anti-education, you can go ahead and turn it off right now. But yes. Yes, yes, please. please it is too. true that all you do is learn and in, in, in appreciate. And when I say appreciate, I mean in the sense of Learn to see things through the eyes of those who are in those situations, mm-hmm. those who go uh, on their day-to-day, day-by-day life going through uh, those situations. And that's the kind of appreciation that I'm talking about, but also appreciate in the sense of appreciating the talent of those actors. Yes. Uh, pose a, a brief synopsis in your own in your own words, well, how, how would you describe Pose as a show? Pose was not quite what I was expecting it to be. Um, I had only watched one trailer and was um, just watching it because you told me to. That sounded bad. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> um, it's not typically something that I would have watched, not in the sense of having anything against it, but I just am not typically... I had it in my head that it was sort of a reality-based thing, like kind of like a RuPaul's Drag Race or, or something like that, and that's not at all what it is, but that's what I had in my head. So um, in watching it, I I got quite an education, but it's it's a story about set in the 80s. It's in New York City, and it is the life of gay, transsexual, queer um people and the heartbreak and the tragedies and also the great joys and the sense of community that they have too at that time and i was really blown away by this show yeah um i think we i think we needed a show like this i think mm-hmm. we needed a show that would not caricaturize what it is to be in LGBTQ person mm-hmm. and would tell you the reality. And we, we've seen stories that tells us some things about what it is to have lived through the 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, as, as a person, uh, as, as a queer person. But there, there's always a romantic side of it. And when I say romantic, I'm not necessarily talking about a love story, but rather a fantasized side of it that either makes it really sad and heartbreaking and Oscar performance worthy, 
or just a caricature. Right. Very flamboyant, very ridiculous, very laughable. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but like, well, the first thing that comes to mind, for instance, for me, is Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia was that kind of movie that, you know, went straight into telling you what a a, a gay person in the 80s suffering of AIDS went through. Yes. And how basically the government of the United States turned its back on all of these folks. Yes. And how at the same time, if you had the possibilities, the ability to go against the federal government and seek justice, you could find it. Because the system some, somewhat works in that respect. But not everybody had the voice. Not everybody has had the voice. And, and so that, that's sort of like what we see here on Pulse, right? It, it's a sense, as you said, a sense of community. It almost tribalistic, if you will. Mm -hmm. okay, but, yeah. but it is also a, a spirit of survival. Yes. It, is, it was the only way. And I think these people, the ones who got out of that era onto the next <laughs> generation that are, are the elderly of the gay community, the elderlies of the gay community at the moment, they only survive because of, of, of that community, because of that, of that, of that the house family, that, yeah, that yeah. sense of family, that yeah. sense of community. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, in watching this, I had no idea. I, I didn't know anything about ball culture. And um, I didn't know that existed. I knew nothing about that. Um, I didn't know anything about the houses. I didn't know that that existed either. I did not know that there was essentially places of refuge run by a mother who took care of these kids who a lot of them were kicked out by their parents yes. because of what they were that they couldn't help. Right, right. Um, so that was that was very educational for me to learn that that existed and also kind of like a renewed faith in humanity type thing yes you know because because yes. it, it was like you know what they, they, i'm sure of course that there were some that took advantage of people of course it, that that's going to happen in, yeah. in anywhere because that's what we as humans do to each other however um the fact that this existed at all and the fact that there was people there that were genuinely just trying to help folks because they knew that they otherwise were going to die on the streets Yes. Is very, very touching. It's very, it, it gives you some more faith in humanity and in the fact that, you know, maybe there are some people out there who give a shit. Yeah. Here's one of the, here's where I'm, I'm going to go with this because we could go straight into the cast and talk about how fantastic everybody is. And the fact that the show in, in itself is making history has made history by being the the show with the biggest cast of transgender folks um, ever mm -hmm. that is breaking a barrier right there and don't get me so we're going to talk about a little bit about the history of you know uh, non-ethnic actors playing ethnic characters and cisgender people playing gay people on on different on different shows and movies and things. So we're going to get in on that. But the creator of the show, Ryan Murphy, for me is 
is someone who made history by by being an observer of history. Like this is a guy that knew that this was the right moment mm-hmm. to have this show and to launch this show. Mm-hmm. And kudos to FX for for buying into this. Because this is literally a Netflix type of thing. Yeah. This right. should be on you're Netflix right. or Amazon also. This would not have been cable TV show without the history of how the pendulum has in the past, I want to say 20 years maybe, sort yeah. of like tilted towards the openness that we have today in watching people being themselves, their characters being themselves and, and expressing that self. And there was a time, I remember when Chris and I were dating, Will and Grace was, was what the, I think the only thing that they had mm-hmm. uh, at the moment that was sort of openly talking about gay life gay people's everyday life mm-hmm. in a comedic way, but still addressing what it is to be gay and how being gay has makes you no different of a person. You don't have, you, you're not some kind of alien, right? And I remember Christine telling me, I even have my father watches, watching this show. I was living in the Dominican Republic, <laughs> you know, and when she told me, me knowing her father, right, and Irish Catholic, born and bred, raised in New York, kind of dude, you know, NRA member, all kind of shit. I would not have figured ever that he would find humor and humanity right. in a show like Will and Grace. But yet, that sort of opened up his eyes into maybe not saying well, you know, I want to see gay marriage and blah, 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 blah. But he at least started saying, let these people be happy. Right. I don't have anything against them. These are human beings. Exactly. This is not something that's other. It's it's a fellow human being. That sense of otherness that we feel towards things that we do not understand went went away. So, So Ryan Murphy, for me, in that respect, is sort of an observant, a student of of the times, you know, and I think he was involved in Glee. He was. I did right? not know that until I was about halfway through the season of um, Pose and started doing some reading. And I and a lot of people actually that are involved in Pose were involved in Glee. So um, and Glee, in its way, you know, before it sort of jumped the shark, there definitely made some big changes as well. I Absolutely. mean it, it made some history there. Yes. Um yes. and I have to say I really enjoyed the first season <laughs> of Glee. Of Glee. Yes, I did. I enjoyed the first season very much. And then after that I kind of lost interest and wandered off and did something else. But anyway, um yeah, it was it it was interesting to me to see this done from someone who had done Glee, which was sort of, in some ways, your stereotypical, you know, all singing, all dancing review, right, right. and then something a little more serious in Pose. Yes, and, and here's, here's what I enjoy about Pose is that, you know, this was someone who decided 
I want people who have gone through these stories telling the story, mm-hmm. which is where you have the, the... I did not know, personally, that you could find, let's say, 10 absolutely talented transgender actors in the United States to, to put, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reason, it's not because I don't think of these people as talented, but rather because Hollywood has given us this kind of thought in that whenever a transgender, gay, bisexual character has to be played, they cast cisgender people to do it. Yep. All right? So we have a history of people who are not necessarily gay or LGBT playing characters and winning Oscars and Golden Globes for it. Yes. You have Sean Penn playing Harvey Milk. You have Eileen, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the South African uh, actress playing Eileen Wuornos uh, on Monster. Ah, uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. So, I mean, you have a number of, you know, Tom, Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Yeah. In in that same in that same token, Antonio Banderas in Philadelphia, and so you have Dallas Buyers Club with Jared Leto. Yes. Playing a trans trans person, uh, a, a transvestite or something. So, so the question would always be: Well, I suppose those people have to end up playing these characters because there aren't enough. There's no. I don't believe. I did not believe that there was a pool of talent in the uh, community that could step up to the plate. But then. Literally, I know I was goddamn wrong. (laughs) I mean, come on! I do wonder how much of it, too, is the fact that it's not something that was really, until very recently, even slightly accepted. And it's certainly not, I'm going to say, accepted now. But, um, and I wonder how many people completely hid that and didn't go for roles or didn't go to auditions because they're like, I'm going to get, you know, punched out of here or, or run out of here. You know, I, I, I do wonder about some of that and, and not excusing Hollywood by any means for that. Uh, Hollywood is always going to be about the almighty dollar, but just in the sense of, I'm, I'm glad that there is a guess safe space would be the term to use for, for these people, these actors, to be able to be who they are in something that is about who they are and express it in a way that we've not seen before. Well, I think Hollywood, despite the notion that Hollywood should in, should have always been a safe space for LGBT people or LGBT, LGBT artists, I think Hollywood has been slightly, you, you could accuse Hollywood of being coward in that oh, yeah. respect. Yeah. Definitely. Because, you know, a bunch of movie actors from the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s were gay and mm-hmm. they were forced to mm-hmm. marry a, a, yep. a, a, a counterpart female 
just so the story could go on and, and that they could portray some sort of macho yeah. thing was, that was there that was never there. Cor- like Cor- Rock Cor- Hudson comes to mind, Rock for instance. Hudson, there was Tab Hunter, there was Marlena Dietrich, there was um, Greta Garbo, there was... I just went blank. But, I mean, there's a whole list, and that's just the ones that we know about now. Yeah, there's plenty of people, I'm quite sure, that were very, very, very closeted for their fear for their lives, their career, and their families. And and you have to wonder if some of that is still going on. I'm sure. You know, obviously, there is more of of an ability to speak up and come out. Yeah. But even within that same community, there is obviously a bit of privilege in, in what, what you are versus what you look like. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so there is that. But I guess where I'm, where I'm, where I'm, where I'm going with that is that I, I don't know that we can be as forgiven <laughs> with Hollywood in that respect because how many of those young actresses from the 40s and the 50s and the 30s had to, you know... Uh, hide a, an out of wedlock child or give oh, them so away in adoption. Are, are, so many abortions she, were funded by you know the big studios for you know a baby. You, you're you're you know you're a vixen. Your girl next door, right, whatever, whatever exactly. that means. You, you, yeah. You're slated to be in this movie, and we've got to see your belly. So for heaven's sakes, you right. know, pop down the street and. And, so know, we'll take care of that. I mean, I, I know that happened with Marilyn Monroe, right? And uh, from my understanding, she had several, and one she'd always wanted children, and one of them was horribly botched and completely oh, wow. ruined her chances to have children, which I think ultimately contributed to her to, death to her, because she yeah. wanted children so badly and everything. But yeah. anyway, so oh yeah, Hollywood has lots of bad things on their hands. Yeah. Yeah, and and th- this brings me to, I think, perhaps the first TV series of modern days, if you will, that sort of like put a transgender character out there openly. And, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it might have been transparent with Jeffrey Tambor playing a person who went through life mainly as a father, a husband, and after he'd raised a family, came out as trans. And I remember Jeffrey Tambor winning, I I think, a Golden Globe, or if it was either a Golden Globe or an Emmy, but part of of his speech was having worked with so many LGBTQ folks in this show, I am pledging from now on, and I would like to see that from now on, no cisgender person winning an award for playing an LGBTQ character, knowing that all this talent is out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a noble thing to say and do. Mm -hmm. And, And I think this is what, Ryan Murphy has done mm-hmm. with this show. You know, right now, for instance, two weeks ago, was it? We talked about the Emmy nomination. 
Yes. Right. And a bunch of these actors and actresses are uh, nominated. Indira Moore is like a breakout sensation in um, what's Angel, Angel Evangelista she plays. And M uh, MJ Rodriguez yes. nominated. And so for me, this is a beautiful thing. And now that in the second season, Janet Mark is involved in the production, I think this thing can only get better. Definitely can only get better. So how about we talk about the cast since I, <laughs> yeah. I've already started. You segued. Yes, yes. So Blanca Evangelista is sort of like, I believe, the, if, 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 in my view, the central character in, in this. And, and she's like everybody's angel, if you will. Yes. She's like, while there is a culture of mothers and houses, she is like the one that really, really has, I, I, I think, that sentiment of motherhood, if you will. Yeah. She's very protective of, and again, I think I would like, if you would, because I think you explained better than me, for you to explain to our audience what the whole culture of mother and house was about in, in that. Because you, you started it, and I, I think I like how you, you presented it, and I wouldn't ever be able to put it in words <laughs> like that. So when we talk about houses and mothers, yeah. In your words, please. Um, it's a a person who decides to start uh, essentially like a, a halfway house. Um, they choose who they they choose their family. They choose who they think is going to get along in the house. Who they think is going to get along with each other. Um, and they are the main goals is to help each other to get people off the streets who would otherwise die on a park bench in New York. Yeah. And everybody pulls their resources and everybody lives together and every house has its own rules and every house is run differently, just like any family is. And that's where you get this really strong sense of community and strong sense of found family and Love and caring and and just you know it's it's very amazing and touching to me that there are people that would realize that you know this person is is different as I am different, and the rest of the world doesn't care about them, but God damn it, I'm going to right. Right. I'm going to love you. Yes. Whether you want me to or not. Yes. And, and, that, and there is that there is that sense too. Like I, I, I decided that I was going to be your mother. Yes. That I was going to love you. That I was going to protect you and make sure that you are okay. And even though you're stubborn, you a little shit. Yeah. I'm still gonna do that. Yeah. This is this is this is not about you. This is about what I feel for my humanness. My, you yes. know, and. I, I don't know who did I don't know who did the casting, maybe Ryan Murphy himself. But could there be someone else that could play this character of Blanca Evangelista? No. As perfectly as MJ Rodriguez has. No. 
I've I've never seen MJ Rodriguez in anything, but um, she's an amazing actress, and I believed every scene she was in. I mean, everything she said rang true. There, there's a scene where she goes to plead the case of one of the children in her house yes. at uh, the dance academy, and I cried like a baby through that scene. Am I right? Yeah, she she just it, it, it was everything that you would want your mother to say for you. And let me say this. The quality of an actor is their ability to just get you completely wrapped and involved in everything they say, everything they do, every gesture, every look, everything. Mm-hmm. And this is what Whenever MJ Rodriguez is on screen, Blanca Evangelista is on screen. I cannot stop. I, 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 my, like, please don't talk to me. This is the kind of actor that she is. Yep. She's, and she's electrifying and she just, she lights up the whole screen when she's on there. Yes. And everything she does rings true. Even if she doesn't have a line, even if she's just standing there. Just just standing there. Everything she yes. does rings true. This is the most powerful most powerful person I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I think again I'm the second I'm going to mention this name is not everybody's favorite but Sean Penn used to do that for me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like whenever Sean Penn was on screen, I I, I found something that touched me. Mm-hmm. I seen Sean Penn in a long time in, in anything. But this is this is what MJ Rodriguez as Blanca Evangelista does. There is a particular episode where her mother dies. Yes. Her blood mother. Her yes. Her, biological. Her biological mother died. And my God I don't be crying around that much. <laughs> you know you can make me cry, but you know it's it's not it's not something that will happen just you know like a lot of people just whenever they watch something sad right right I'm the same way it has to be something but but the, well, this particular episode the entire time, I was like my little Kleenex box right there, <laughs> you know, and you know. Most of you can tell by now that I have mommy issues and shit, so <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> but, you know, the acting is so good. Yes. This girl is absolutely fantastic. Well, she's been on Nurse Jackie. Uh, she had some appearance or appearances on Marvel's Luke Cage. And it says that she... In 2018, she made her debut on Tribeca Film, starring as Ebony on Saturday Church, a performance which earned her Tribeca Film Festival nomination to Best Actress. But also, her longest experience on the stage is playing, is on Rent, off-Broadway in New York. And... She's got some pipes too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the singing. Yes. The singing. Yes. First of all, I didn't know Billy Porter could sing that that well either. But we're gonna talk about Billy Porter. <laughs> Billy Porter now. 
Yeah, Billy Porter plays Pray Tell. Pray Tell. Which I love that name. It's a great name. I love, I love, uh, you know, the first time I heard the the name Pray Tell, mm-hmm. I thought it was one thing, like, yes, you know, like P-R-A-T-I-T-E-L-L or whatever, like, you know, like Pratel or something. Yeah. And then I noticed that it was actually the two words, Pray, pray tell. tell. Pray Tell. It's a great name. Uh. And he he's phenomenal in this. Billy Porter is 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 so good in this. I didn't know he could sing either. First of all, I didn't know. I I, I the whole the talent is just too much. Mm-hmm. Billy Billy Porter has the ability to to make you talk about everything he does. Mm-hmm. Right. So last year, the whole commotion with the tuxedo dress mm-hmm. at the Oscars. Right. Mm-hmm. But did I know that Billy Porter was such a good freaking actor? Did I know that he was such a fantastic performer? Did I know that he could just break out in this absolute spark of humanity? I, I, I don't, I didn't. And thank God, like if you have never seen, if you've never seen Pose, you have to start watching this right away. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't care how you've ever felt about LGBTQ community, the LGBTQ community. I don't care how you've ever felt about transgender people particularly. I don't care. This is art. Yeah. The first thing you have to understand is that pose everything about pose, the subject of pose is art. It is an art that you and I were not or are not familiar with. No. And that we need to not only explore, but recognize and understand as art. And we're going to go get into the ball thing a little bit, but let's, let's keep going through the, the cast. So, the definition, well, no, the bio on FX just says that he's the grandfather to all the legendary children who compete in the house ball. But Pratel is like, is an MC, and in some ways reminds me of Josh Grace in, uh, in Cabaret. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. But the word, the words that the show start always with is, the category is in that voice. The category is. It's such a proclamation that the resonance is so perfect and rich and abundant that I don't, I don't know that anybody else could do it. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Like, could you have cast anybody else to play Pray Tell? I could. Could you I, think I of anybody else who could play Pray Tell other than Billy Porter? I, yeah, I can't think of anybody. Eh? No, he is Pray Tell. Pray Tell. Pray Tell is Pray Tell. I don't know if you started the second season. I have not started the second season. I just finished the first season. The most heartbreaking performance yet to see are, for me, the first 10 minutes of. Season two, episode one. So please 
remember me when you see this. Okay. And and this is all about pray tell. Okay. This is all about Billy Porter playing pray tell. Okay. Okay. So now this is when things get a bit controversial for those who've watched the show. And if you are going to start watching the show, perhaps we're not going to have the same opinion about Dominic Jackson. Electra abundance. Yes. Now, Dominic Jackson is great. Electra abundance is a fantastic character. And I think Dominic Jackson nails the character. But I do feel like when Dominic Jackson has to be the vulnerable actor that shows emotions and that needs to step out of the extravaganza of electroabundance, yeah, I don't feel it. I didn't either. <laughs> I, I, I didn't either. I thought it was I, only me. No, I, I didn't either. I, I, she was honestly the only actress that I I don't want to say had a problem with but I guess it, she was the only one that every so often did not ring true for me yes. it felt a little campy sometimes it felt a little bit like she was reading cue cards off camera uh-huh. a, a little wooden a little wooden like she wasn't just finding her true voice for this character it was a little um mommy dearest um the the movie with uh about Joan Crawford, which is crazy old drama. But anyway, she's the only one that I, I had a little bit of a problem with her performance. It felt a little, a little rehearsed. Yeah. 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 A little, a little less real, a little less. And I think, and maybe this is my reasoning in my head, you know, based on my experience around um, folks that, you know, are for too many years in in the drag queen scene and and the whole thing. And I I think, you know, the whole drag queening is playing a character. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, Colbert playing the conservative Colbert, right? Mm -hmm. Like he lived in character for over 10 years. Right. And so a lot of people are still having a hard time taking Colbert seriously, even as a comedian. Yes. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That seems wrong. (laughs) Right? Right. Even replacing replacing Dave on the late night and and the whole thing. A lot of people are still struggling with that because you don't know. You have a hard time trying to figure out, is that Colbert or is Colbert playing the Colbert that he used to play or the Colbert like another Colbert? Yeah. And, And I think that seems to be the problem with Dominic Jackson. I can I can see that with that being your world and right. that being the way it is for you. I can see it being difficult to pull your range yeah. out of that. Yes. And um so yeah, I can I can definitely see that. And I don't by any means think she was terrible and I'm definitely not trashing oh, her not performance at all. No. by any means. No. I just she didn't ring as true for me as the others. And one thing I'd like to say about Dominique Jackson, if you want to know her story, is that Dominique Jackson is from the Caribbean. She's from origin from Trinidad. And this is not something that is talked about every day. But the Caribbean is a very dangerous place for 
LGBTQ people who have decided to live their lives. Um, I actually did know that. As, as, you know, themselves. Right. And places like my birth country, Haiti, uh, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, and most of the Caribbean, it's, it's, it's hellish for these folks. And I believe, if I remember correctly, Dominic Jackson actually came to the United States as a refugee. Okay. As a result of the persecution of of her having decided to come out, not as because here's the thing: you can be a gay dude and live relatively a an easy life in the Caribbean. That your life is always in danger, or whatever, whatever. But as long as you know how to keep a certain discretion and blah blah blah, and you don't get outside of your community. You could go on and live like that. Right. I think it is harder for trans people, as a matter of fact, or any person who decide to actually look the older, uh, you know, as the other sex, yes. right? Yes. And so, you know, like one of the most popular shows in the Dominican Republic where I grew up, like one of the most popular cabaret show is a... Um, a drag queen show called Los Creadores de Imágenes. It's all the way from the 80s, the creators of images, right? And so basically, people like that shit. They go and watch it. Look how he became a woman. And it looks exactly... the. And you know that drag queens are very good at uh, lip syncing and shit. Uh, it's an entire spectacle. Right. And people go and people have no problem going. But it's one thing that in the Caribbean, it's one that on stage, and it's one thing to decide, yeah. I am going to leave, um, you know, yeah. as yeah. who I feel I am, right? And that's where it becomes dangerous, right? And so Dominic Jackson has not had an easy life. It's important that people to, for people to know that. And she's a fantastic actress. She's broken a lot of barriers. She has done a lot historically for especially transgender people that are of Caribbean descent. It's important that pe for people to know that. I want to move on to India more because there is a hot mix right there because she has been described as... India Moore, by the way, plays the role of Angel Evangelista, and she has been described as Dominican, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. So that is like a, the Caribbean all over, you know. But if you... I, I believe that, and if I'm remembering correctly for this, it is um, they... And by they, I mean India more identifies as non-binary. Right. So that's fascinating to me, and I don't mean that in a in a strange way, kind of fascinating, but in the sense of how difficult that has to be to live that um, in a world where we're defined by labels. Yes. And to choose to say I'm I'm non-binary, I am of neither sex, and yes. to know that is to me 
very powerful and very courageous. That is the biggest of statements, as a matter of fact, yeah. in my view. Yeah. Because I, 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 and that's something that this show taught me too, is about transgender people and the the women that were born with the man bits and they don't want them and they hate them and they make them physically ill to yes. see that part of themselves. Yes. And I mean, I, I sort of knew that in the sense of like, you know, in the back of my brain or whatever, but this actually brought it to me with empathy right. to make me understand that, you know, how horrible it has to be to be trapped in a body that you hate, yes. that you hate everything about it. And it's not who you are and it's not who you want. And it's, you know, it's not who you are. And, yeah. and, and I, I know that I'm female, <laughs> so right. I can't imagine how horrible it would be to have that knowledge and not be in a female body. Yeah. I don't know how these people can live. I, I am, I applaud the bravery because I would have killed myself by now. Yes, and which is why suicide seems to be, is actually a, at a, at a high number. Yeah. Because you have to, exactly how you describe it is, is perfect. It, it is mortifying to wake up every day with that reality. Yeah. When people insist, insist on the fact that you should conform to what, whatever bloody, uh, 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 bits that you were born with right regardless of what they don't understand of your soul yeah isn't it like that has to be horrible and I, I can't understand and i mean i do understand because i know people are afraid of what they don't understand but i can't understand not being able to have empathy for someone who has that i can't understand hating somebody for that. I can't understand wanting to harm somebody because of that. Yes. You should have empathy for that person. Yes. You, there's no way in the world you can ever possibly understand it because you don't fully understand it because that's may not be the way that you feel. It's not your experience. It's exactly. not your experience, but you're also a fellow human being and, and you should be able to open your mind up enough to be able to say, my God, that's horrible. Yes. You know, to wake up every day and hate, hate what you've woken up in. A few years ago, Jocelyn, I read something that made me completely fall in love with Native American culture in general. And it is because I read that Native Americans were very protective of their uh, gay people. Yes. And they used to call them double-natured. Yes. And they actually thought of them as people who had gods in them. Yes. Because they were able to transcend gender. And they have places of refuge for them and consented them. And I was like, these are the folks that the colonizer came here and called savages. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yet we, the one, well, no, myself included, but like. <laughs> Excluding the, yourself. <laughs> the, ones, the ones from the culture of the colonizer 
are still trying to wrap their minds about non-binary folks. Yeah. LGBTQ yeah. people. And we're all just human beings. And we're all we're all just human beings. How and we're all just that? trying to have a human experience on this earth and live our lives. And hopefully we're not trying to hurt anybody. I think there's some people out there who are. Yeah. But for the most part, we don't want to hurt anybody. We just want to live our lives and love who we love and, and you know, just leave each other alone. So But it is the labeling thing because I remember yes. having this conversation. You know, saying the one, first of all, there's two things that I think if you try to find a definition for it and you understand the definition, you will understand everybody on the spectrum of LGBTQ better, especially in, in terms of transgender, is that instead of transsexual or every single epithet that whether once accepted and no longer dated, whatever. If you understand the condition of being transgender as gender dysmorphia, which is what medically is called, mm -hmm. then you will understand the mindset and you will understand the non-conformity of it. Because your sexual assignment has always used, being used to define who you are. Mm -hmm. But it is not true. I remember watching a documentary where this girl was saying, look, I'm a lesbian, but I like being feminine. I am feminine. I like wearing, you know, high shoes and lipsticks and things of that nature, but I'm a lesbian. But I was dating someone who, and she, she was, she had big boobs. And she said she was dating someone who sort of mandated that she binded or bound her boobs because big boobs grossed her out, the other person. And she was like, that for me was a turn off in, in the sense that I still have to be who I am. Right. Because being a lesbian do, did not necessarily find that I had to physically look a certain way. Right. I'm just, I just love who I love. Right. You know, and the people that are like mind blown with the fact that you don't look like, in this, it's always what they go to, right? You yeah. don't look like so and so. You don't look like you would. You don't act like, you, you don't, don't sound like. like. Because in yeah. people's mind, it's just a role. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. So, you know, there's so much information out there that whoever is ignorant about any issue is because they choose to. Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know how else to say it. Yeah, no, you're completely right. <laughs> we have, almost all of us have a mini supercomputer in our pockets in the yes. form of our telephones. And we can look up anything at any time. You can verify the source. Yes. That verify the source is the most important thing, by the way. Very easily. It's easy to verify the source and um, find out things. And, and you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where this whole ignorance is bliss um, agenda slash thought process 
began, but um, education is, is not your enemy. Hell no. It's your friend, and it will only help you in life, and it will only help others in life, too. The more educated that you are, the more you can help others. You're able to. Yes. Right. Yes. And I hate to get too political about this, but anti-education is a conservative agenda, by the way. So, yeah, and, and I don't know if you know it by now, but yes, I'm an ultra commie, liberal, whatever you want to call me. Fuck you. Yes, <laughs> anti-education is, is a fucking conservative agenda. And, and yes, y'all a bunch of bigots and motherfuckers. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Next. I, before we talk about the other, the other actors. I think I need to say something, though. Oh, please. I think I need to say something. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not conservative, and I think I, make it, I made it just sound like I am. I'm not a conservative in, in the sense of politics. I am... I think a moralist maybe is the word in the sense of not in the sense of like morality and, and, and right. this person being with that person or that kind of thing, but I'm a humanist. That's the word. I'm a humanist. A, hu a humanist will always have a beer with me <laughs> because it was humanism that led me to atheism and I've been happy. I've never been happier, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> So as far as politics go, I don't really go into politics because I think it's all bullshit <laughs> when it comes down to it. But I'm a humanist. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, absolute sense. <laughs> we need more beer. We're having wine, but we need beer. <laughs> all right. So there's one particular character I wanted to talk about because I think she is sort of a you know, um, in the shadow character, if you will, not in the shadow, but sort of like a secondary role or character, if you will. But I feel like she, other than Blanca Evangelista, she is a real, real, real angel. And I'm talking about Nurse Judy. Yes. The role that Sandra Bernhard plays. Yes. Um, no, I don't know if she has a larger role in uh, season two. But I definitely enjoyed her in season one. She she does. Okay. But still, it's it's not as shiny and brilliant as the other ones, unless you want to look at her, un unless you want to to appreciate it. And th this is this is where I think the show does it for me, because it portrays exactly the kind of thankless job that being a caregiver could be mm -hmm. is you know what i mean mm -hmm. because especially a caregiver of people in the 80s who had aids yes yes and i actually didn't know i just thought she was just a nurse but i later discovered that her whole sense of obligation is because she is in fact part of the community oh okay she's a lesbian okay right and she also you will discover leads sort of a political movement and i fell in love with her character for various reasons but sandra barnhart plays this character to the t 
she's fantastic. She's great. She is, she has a really weird sense of humor as Nurse Judy. And you will love it when you start watching the show. You will love her. Okay. You will love her. Um, Angelica Ross, Candy Ferocity. I know that you're still on the first season. Mm-hmm. And on the first season, Candy Ferocity doesn't lend herself to be loved a lot. But you have to watch second season. And you will you will find yourself actually crying for candy. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. Orion Jamal Swain as Damon Richards actually is the opening scene of the first season, you remember? Yes. And what a heartbreaking story that of this kid. Yes. And what what a lucky kid to find himself under the wings of Blanca Evangelista. Yes. So. An amazing actor. Yes. Amazing young actor. And very, um, he's another one that every one of his scenes rang true for me. Every, everything. When he was on screen, I was looking at him. Um, I'm reading about him right now. He, he, he's actually from Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, wow. Which, could not have been easy, even yeah. even yes. even today. Yes. Could not be easy. Yes. Um, and uh, he is an amazing performer. He actually is a dancer, according yeah. to his biography. There and um, bloody kid can dance his socks off, isn't he? He. <laughs> the other scene that made me cry in this movie is when he gets to. Um, it's obviously very important to him that he gets into a dance studio and uh, his chosen mother pushes to get him into the dance studio and she does what a mother should do. And um, he auditions uh, for the the dean of the school and a, a couple other people. And I cried through his dance routine because it, it was so beautiful. And you could feel how fucking terrified the kid was. Yes. He, you could feel how scared he was. Self-doubt. Self, self-doubt is a son of a bitch, I tell you. Yes. But you could also see when he caught the joy of who he was and, and the joy of dance. Yeah. And it was, yeah. So I, I, I needed my tissue box for that scene. <laughs> Pose, pose is a beautiful piece of art. I, I don't know how else to call it, and I don't, I don't think it would have been such a beautiful project if it didn't have all of these people. If it didn't make a point of hiring these folks, I agree. I don't know that it would have been such a beautiful project. It would have been an important piece of art still. I don't know that it would have rung as true. Oh, God no, God no. I don't think it would have. And I want to talk about Little Papi. <laughs> Little Papi Evangelista is like the little brother that everybody has had. The little annoying, stubborn, shithead little brother. But you can't feel anything but love for this kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He gets himself in trouble. He's like a little puppy. Yep. 
It's like your little puppy that you know you're going to get entangled. Don't get in that door. <laughs> 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 like, I told you, <laughs> you know, but you have to go and aid them and, and help them. Yeah. Uh, his name is Angel Bismarck Curiel. And he plays a Dominican little street guy. And I think um, he, he, well, he says that he's of Puerto Rican, of Puerto Rican heritage, but, you know, a Cuban... A Dominican or a Puerto Rican can play either any of those roles and it's always going to ring true because it is the same experience. These Afro-Latino, Latinx kind of um, vibes. But the kid is a good little actor and when he cries, you get sad. When he smiles, his smile is so flashy it is. He lights up the whole room. In innocent. Yes. And yes. I like how heartbreaking it was for Blanca to, you know, to sort of like give him some tough love. Yeah. But then how Blanca herself was so happy to have him back. Like, yes, yeah. we'll take you. God damn it, we'll take you, you know. Yes. I don't know. I don't know how long it takes for something like that to happen in television. But all I can say is that I'm happy yeah. that it happens. Yeah. And this episode of Kicking and Streaming might never be your cup of tea. And that's okay. That's fine. That is okay. That's fine. I, I was born and raised in those, these islands that you, you hear me talk about all the time, Haiti and Dominican Republic. And I feel part of, of uh, I feel a part of these two nations that are heavily Christian Catholics, and that's how you're raised. That's what you learn. And it would be wrong for me to sit down here and tell you that all the progress that I've made in terms of mentality, in terms of the way I feel about the world, is because of where I come from. It is not. But it, it, it is also everything I hold dear today in terms of, of my political views, my social views, is because I was willing to open my eyes and give the world a chance. I was willing to open my heart and give everybody a chance. Because I've been benefited by people who opened up their hearts to give me a chance. And that's the only thing I think that's worth that, that being a human being is about. Yeah. yeah. So this is what we, why we talk about this show with, with such joy and glee and, and, and open heart is we're not propagating an agenda. The only agenda here is fucking love. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah. If you don't understand that, if you put conditions to these words, then I don't know. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you love, know? love should 
be unconditional. It should be. And um, it's been a long time and a long road for me to be able to understand unconditional love because that's not what I always experienced. Um, So that's still a learning process for me, but I absolutely believe that that's what it should be and that's what it needs to be and that's what it has to be is unconditional. And love does not mean that you have to become something that you don't want to be. That's yeah. not what love is. Yeah. Love yeah. love is acceptance of what makes someone else happy, even if it doesn't necessarily make you happy. As long as it's not hurting anybody and nobody is getting hurt, then it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It is okay. As long as you understand that loving someone else is not about you. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, exactly. It is as simple as that. Loving someone else is... And, and at the end of the day, it is about you. That love can only make you happy. Yeah. Love can only bring happiness to your heart. Right. And here's the way I see it. Sometimes we... We get hurt, right? We get hurt precisely by the people we love. Absolutely. Precisely by those we have, we get let down by those we have pledged to to support and love no matter what. But again, when we walk away, is because we are succumbing to the idea of the conditions that there is in love. I see these memes all the time about, it is okay to walk away from toxic relationships and love yourself and be for yourself. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. And you don't have to be like me, but <laughs> when everything is about protecting yourself, protecting the you, then you're not giving the rest of the world a chance. It's true. You are just giving them one chance. Fuck it up and I walk away. Am I right? (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) And here's the thing. Here's my confession for today. I did that. I did that. And I'll be regretting that for the rest of my life. So, no. I don't care how many times those who I love fuck up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to fucking suck it up and be there. That's what you should do. And that's how you learn to give a chance. That's how you learn to love, to accept and to aid and abet people in your life or in your surrounding that find themselves fucking kicked out and stepped on because of who they love and who they are and the gender that they identify with. That's the only way you will. If you are willing to, to just not make it about yourself, 
Just run to that that makes you uncomfortable and you will see that there was nothing to it. I feel uncomfortable. Go fucking talk to this person. Go try. Go try. You'll see. Yeah. And then, don't do like some other bigots do that they'll be like, well, this particular person is a nice one. <laughs> don't don't characterize, characterize him as, this is a, I mean, his this friend. This one's okay. Yeah, this the, one's okay. The, this one's okay. Yeah. This one's okay. Yeah, just know that everybody is a person. Everybody. Yeah. Is deserving of love. Yes. You, you got something else? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think that that's, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say that, that all you need is love because we do need more than love. But, but love is definitely one of, if not the most important thing in life. Yeah. Because we're not... You know, I, I you're talking about memes, and I, I, you know, I see sometimes, you know, things about how um, you should never let another person be in charge of your happiness, mm-hmm. which I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, if you close your off, close yourself off to allowing someone to help you along with happiness or to give you happiness. None of us are, are islands, you know. We're, we're we're not. If if you if a baby is born and it's only given its its basic needs in the sense of of food and warmth and diaper changes, but it never has any human reaction. It it does not grow up to be no. a, a functioning human being, and right. in fact, it may even die. Yes. So we need that human reaction. We need that love. We need that human understanding between one another so the idea that you know we can't be responsible for one another's happiness no you shouldn't put you know everything on one person but we can absolutely spread joy yes yes i mean i don't know we we, we're not trying to be preachy here or anything like that but we're just trying to tell you that there is nothing else. There, sh- there shouldn't be anything else. Whatever expectations you have yep. of life, other than the love that you are willing to give, then you're sorely mistaken. And you know, we're not perfect. You know, I get mad and she and want to kick somebody's ass and shit, but you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I, I get back and think, yeah, there, there's a reason why people do what they do. And maybe all they need is more of what I can give. Doesn't cost a damn thing. This is kicking and streaming for this week. And Pose is on FX on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. And I believe it's on... Netflix. First season is on Netflix. That's where I watched it. Right. So currently, second season is on, I believe, on episode eight. So it's only ten episodes per season. So there's only two episodes episode left. Uh, you can find the current episodes until the present episode. I think you might be able to find it on on demand with whatever cable 
service you have, well, do it yeah. and it's, just do it with an open mind, yeah. with an open heart too. Yeah, open mind and open heart and there's nothing, there's nothing in here that, that I don't, I, I didn't find anything in this to be offensive in the slightest if that makes sense in the sense of, of course, there's always going to be somebody who's looking for something to be offended at, but I found it all to be very real and very educational and very loving and nothing was done for a shock factor or yeah. a, you know, like, uh, and by the way, there's no gay agenda. Yeah. That's, that's, that's only people's mind. Yes, exactly. There's no such thing. Yeah, it's just it's just a story and and you'll learn and and I there's only good can come come from learning. Yeah, I've watched the entire first season and part of the second season. I've not turned gay. <laughs> there's no turning gays. Like just in case you think that the agenda well, you transform your DNA because there's a lot of bullshit around. No, there's no such thing. Yeah, that's if just... you're not gay, you're not gay. And watching a show about the lives of gay people in the 80s is not going to turn you gay, so please. Yeah, you're not going to become a fabulous drag queen, I'm sorry. Sass. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see that movie. Sass, mi amor. <laughs> I don't know. My drag queen only speaks Spanish. <laughs> Ay, corazón, mi amor. Que fuerte. All right, so for me and for Jocelyn, this is goodbye. But before we go, we'd like to let you know that you can find us on Facebook, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. We have a um, Facebook page, of course. We are on Twitter as Kicking and Streaming. So Kicking, the letter, the letter N, and Streaming. And that's on Twitter. On Instagram, we are... Kicking and streaming underscore podcast. You can find Jocelyn on Instagram as Jocelyn Podcast. Jocelyn Podcast and me, both on Instagram and on Twitter. I am Mr. Puzzetta. So that's M R P U Z Z E T T A. M R P U Z Z E T T A. We have a website. This yes. is where we will be directing you. Yes. Okay. It's a beautiful website. Fantastic little website. Yes. Kicking and streaming, kicking and streaming podcast.com. You'll find all the episodes we've ever done there if you go to podcast archives. And on the homepage, you will always find our latest episode. So last week, we had a fantastic little episode about Fleabag. Yes. Many people liked it. So you can still go and check that one out. Yeah. And of course, this week, this is what we brought you. Folks. So we'll see you then, folks. Have a good one. Thank you.